0: Good morning, my name is Pastor Todd Haggard and I've been a part of Church of the Harvest almost 25 years, most of the formative years of my life and I wouldn't change a thing. Um, We are gonna share a story, our story of restoration with hopes that you are encouraged and can see God can restore things for you as well. And I wanna say at the beginning, when we say restore, God will fix what you have, quote, unquote, or he will replace it with something equal or greater value. Now, I always found him to do greater value. Amen. So when we say restore, that's, you know, that's the word we want to use for both. And introduce yourself.
1: Okay. My name is Misty Haggard, and I'm Pastor Todd's wife.
0: <laughs> well, she's far more than just my wife, but that'll work, too. Okay. So we're going to share some things about us and, and our journey with the Lord. Thank you. Love, Brother James. Um, oh, and my wife insisted on visual aids, so we have some of those. Uh, Mr. Austin, if you would cue the first one. There we go. There's little old me. Aww. You know, as a child, we have so many hopes and dreams and, you know, we find out what shapes us. I was raised in the Midwest, pretty normal kid for the most part. I was sick a lot and missed school. And, you know, I heard somebody saying, it's just from a movie, it's not what you call yourself, it's what you answer to. And I was, when I was a kid, I thought I was the fat kid. You know, and that's who I thought I was, and nobody would ever probably love me. Now, your mama loves you, but that doesn't count. I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying. That doesn't count. Mama's got to love you. But I grew up, and I had experiences with the Lord several times, you know. I think at eight is when he called me into the ministry, because I just remember him moving on to my heart. But little did I know, so much more was going to happen before then. And I wondered, like any teenager, and 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 such, and and I guess I really just thought, well, you know what, if I can just find somebody who loves me, I'll get married, and that'll fix everything. Mm -hmm. How many knows Walt Disney is a liar? (laughs) I mean, yes, the handsome prince may find his dazzling princess, but that's when life starts, Mm -hmm. not happily ever after, and it's just like that, like Disney. They just tell you the the good part and don't show you the, the rest of life, and... So I thought, you know what, I, 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 I'll, I'll just get married, and that'll fix everything. I was a hot mess. I was broken, perfectionist, all these other things, you know. And I thought, well, I'll just get married, and I'll make things better. How many knows if, if you're broke and they're broke, you don't make fixed. That broken mm-hmm. broke does not equal That's right. fixed. It equals an even bigger mess.
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay, so Austin, will you bring the picture of me and my little brother, Will? And so in that suite. And she got the
0: cute little cheeks, oh.
1: And my brother's looking at me. He's three years younger than me, and this is my dad, who was an Army Ranger, Green Beret. And so we moved every few years, every two and a half years, to be exact. I think um, last time we asked, my, my mom um, went on to uh, divorce my dad and married my stepdad, who was also in the military, so we continued to move every two years. Um, I think at one point my husband asked my pops, which is amazing man of God, um, how many times they had moved, and they said 37 times. So And I was there for most of that, probably about 27 the last um, few years I haven't. But you know, divorce is hard. I think sometimes that we kind of make it so common because Americans and and people internationally, you know, they divorce. And so we feel like, well, you just went through divorce. That's not a big deal. But there's some pain and some hurt when everything you've known and the people that you look to as an example and to tell you narrative of how your life should be and explain things to you and love you are torn apart. you know, and military men can be a little harsh, and both, you know, my dad's were. And so, being, you know, a colonel's daughter and a ranger's daughter, there wasn't a lot of room for mistake. And I think those fears, you know, of messing up, those fears of not being good enough, you know, that every two years moving, I think, you know, it put some deep hurts in me, um, unfortunately. They're not feeling good enough, they're rejected. I know when my mom remarried after the divorce, my pops was so kind. He, he never had kids. He was a little bit younger, and he had a two-page list of rules um, according to when we went to bed, when we did our homework, how long we were on the you know, watching TV, and it was timed because he had known how to be a colonel, at that time a major, and so that's how he thought you raised kids.
0: And you would say that you guys were a little rambunctious and needed it. Well, to a degree. yes,
1: we were, we were kind of mean to him and beat him up when he would come to pick up my mom because we loved our dad and didn't understand why they couldn't be back together again. So he would show up for dates, and we would punch him and wrestle with him. <laughs> we, were, we were kind of mean, you know. And my mom was a nurse. She worked a lot, and we were home frequently alone or with babysitters. And so we kind of just had the run of the house. I remember my brother, you know, he acted out when we were young. Um, he set the yard on fire. He uh, put a car, um, my, my aunt's new um, little Camry, into the creek. Um, he had stolen cigarettes so often from the gas station, he was banned. I remember my mom stopped one time to get gas and told Will to go in and pay, and he looked at me, he was like, I can't go in there, you know, because he acted <laughs> out. But as the teenage years came, I stopped being the good little girl that just listened. You know, I, I would take any attention that I could get, so I started acting out natively. You know, um, I stole the car and stayed gone for two days and hid the keys. You know, I had my first major breakup um, with, you know, the principal's son and the star of the basketball team. So I decided I was going to take bottles of ibuprofen. And, you know, that didn't go so well. Um, I thought about that image the other day of, you know, me throwing up charcoal when they came to make sure I was okay. You know, but that's common with... um, kids teenage years you know that first big breakup can be detrimental and that little voice in your head that tells you just to take your life just to end it because no one cares or they'll care really when you die you know we all have heard that voice i feel like a lot of us have
0: and so then when you know when you get older this whole stuff about you growing up hopefully you're always growing and you never get to the up you're just growing and, you know, and sometimes I think we sell kids a, a wrong idea. You know, I, I get the concept, but, you know, so when I got married, I was a mess. I didn't know how to be, uh, I, I knew the essentials. Go to work, provide for your family, you know. And that's uh, kind of, you know, that was what I caught. And, hey, that is great. If the only thing my dad ever did was provide a roof over my head and food on the table. That's a win, you know, yeah. I, you because know, that's kind of the most important thing in a lot of ways. So I thought, well, I'll get, I'll get married and this will fix things, and it, it didn't. Mm-hmm. It didn't. Actually, it made things worse in a lot of ways, you know. And I finally came to the point where I said, okay, God, I've made a mess. I'm. I don't. You know. If you can, I need your help, God. And it was the first time as an adult I really, really came to the Lord. And one of the things that my pastor at the time said, I said, "Well, I don't feel saved." He said, "Well, you don't feel saved. You accept that you are saved. Mm-hmm. You know." And, it, and it's like this. I mean, I love my wife, but if I didn't feel married. I'm still married, you know, and that's the easiest way to illustrate it. When you give your life to Christ, you're saved. It's not about feelings. It's not about emotions. But, man, do those things get in the way of day-to-day life, you know. And do I get to break something now?
1: (laughs) Sure, go for it.
0: (laughs) So, you know, just to illustrate. Let me fold this out here better. Thank our
1: audience viewers. Matthew,
0: I thought of Gallagher. You know, the Bible talks about us being an earthen vessel, you know, and he talks about forming the clay. And we have such great notions about what life's going to be when we grow up and what we're going to do and, and all this kind of stuff. But quite often, reality breaks in. And instead of that little young person with hopes and dreams and ambitions, we feel more like this, mm-hmm. shattered and broken beasts, not knowing what the heck happened. Where did I go wrong? What, what am I supposed to do now? So at the, I don't even remember exactly how old that was, but, you know, moved to Cleveland. I was going to become a rip-roaring preacher, Yes. Awesome. Follow the call of God. That'll fix everything. Well, the Lord does fix things, but he still has to work as well. Um, The first picture, or the next picture, Austin. That's my children. That was shortly after my divorce. It hurts twice as bad when you, even though you're not perfect, you're still an earthen vessel. You do the best that you can, and it still goes to Hades. And you're kind of like, but God. You know, when I first came back to the Lord, he, he just kept telling me, I, you know, as in my early 20s, I, God, God, and he'd say, I love you. Okay, but, no, I love you. And he kept telling me that. And that's where he and I started as an adult. So fast forward to poor Austin. <laughs> I knew things were going badly. I knew things were probably ending despite what I felt were my best efforts. And my oldest child told Austin and the youth group that they were leaving Friday. And Austin was like, how are you? And I'm like, what? And I felt so bad for Austin. So I had a little bit of warning. And I don't want to play the victim nor blame anybody. I was imperfect, but I sure didn't feel like I deserved what I got. But we usually don't, you know. And so I went to work on a Friday Came home, and the house was swept and cleaned and empty. And for the first time in a really long time, I said, God, do you still love me? Not in a, I'm mad at you, how could you do this to me? I was just like, well, okay, did you stop loving me too? You know, I, broken, Mm -hmm. you know.
1: Make me cry. (laughs) That was good. It was good, because it was heartfelt. Yep. So in high school, when um, I tried to, you know, be student council and yearbook, basketball, volleyball, tried to, you know, make those um, broken places and that void filled with success, or trying to be, you know, homecoming queen and basketball star and volleyball star, and that didn't work. Then I switched other sides and started acting out and stealing my parents' car and staying gone and staying out of school for six months, my parents didn't know where I was and I wasn't going to graduate. And, and you know, looking back and, and trying to commit suicide, um, I don't know how they did it. But, you know, there was a moment when I was a freshman in high school where we had an evangelist come and, you know, the, the first touch of Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and feeling like I was loved, that was still there. We went to church every Sunday. You know, we never didn't go to church but that doesn't make everything okay. You know, it doesn't make the family that looks perfect be perfect just because you're going to church. It helps, like my husband will say. It certainly helps, but there was just so much brokenness there. So I fled to Kentucky and I was gonna go to school and where my biological dad was, and I wanted everything opposite of what my parents were. I chose someone that had dropped out of high school, you know, and was on drugs because I thought that was being noble of me And so show the next picture, Austin. Two husbands later and two kids later, this was me in New Orleans at the zoo, high as a kite. Um, I had been in some car accidents, got hurt lifting a patient as a CNA, and was prescribed multiple pain medicines from multiple doctors, which is illegal. Um, Had gotten a DUI and was on house arrest with the anklet. Still didn't stop me. Um, got a PI, if you don't know what that is, that's public intoxication for being out and about high. Um, injuring public records from fighting at the Taco Bell. So, I had been in and out of trouble, but see this whole time I was so deceived that I didn't think I had a problem. I didn't think I was the problem, these people that I was with were the problem, because every time I was with these men, we'd get in trouble together. It wasn't me. You know, I came from a good family. My pops was a colonel. We went to church. I loved Jesus. So the problem is clearly not me. I was very wrong. <laughs> and, and then, I, yes, and then, um, you know, some things happened. I ended up hospitalized. My parents insisted on getting me help after a second husband went to jail. Um, and Miss Connie took me in at the Hope House. Still didn't think I had a problem. I told the AA ladies. Um, that I would not say I was an alcoholic or an addict because they weren't going to record me. Um, I had been in trouble and was not going to get in trouble anymore. So um, I would say, they tell me I'm an ADD, ICT, but whatever. And would proceed. And to would really to, spell it out. Yes, and I'm like, no, you're not getting me recorded. You know, my mom has my kids. She's not keeping my kids. I'm not getting in any more trouble. You know, I'm just going to hang out until I find out what my next move is. And so, but then I came to Church of the Harvest.
0: And in that relative same time frame, the Lord was working on me, and, you know, I had to let some hopes and dreams go. I love my kids, and I love my kids, and I'd have done anything to fix that, but you know what? Sometimes God redeems instead of restores. So there was this girl at church, and I had to play—give me your arm here—I <laughs> had to play Joseph. And Pastor Rhonda's sneaky. She had yeah. said, What about Misty? I'm like, Why? Well, you know, and then so we were married and married and Joseph, and we were standing right there and we was walking this way. And I'm like, mm, This feels good. I like this. You know, and I like to tell and that story. And he kept
1: saying it, and I was, I just I was like,
0: Okay. You know,
1: <laughs> kind of taken aback. Like, What do you say when someone says, That feels good holding your arm? And I'm like, And that's all you want? That's all. He didn't push the envelope. He was very much a gentleman.
0: So the Lord began to restore us individually together and move us toward marriage. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He can restore your most intimate relationships.
1: Your biggest hurts. Your
0: biggest hurts. Maybe things aren't like you would want them to be at home. Or maybe you're single or you're divorced or... But there's no relationship that God can't touch. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, when we were talking, you know, I was like, well, God, you know, and we, we talked over months. I mean, there was a we couple did. times, you know. We
1: did. And then Pastor David would say, I just don't know. It's not that I don't want you guys to be together, but I don't know if I should encourage this.
0: So I took. So then
1: we'd stop talking, and then we'd start talking again because you know we did a lot of functions back then with the Hope House and a lot of moving. And I,
0: I, I moved Hope House and their thrift store, he and I Haunting fixed Pastor everything David. that was broke. He moved to Erica
1: and-, and he was always right there, man <laughs> and, on know, the job. You know, big snow, he comes to make a fire.
0: <laughs> yeah, run to the rescue.
1: <laughs> you know, he also was there to talk to me, but
0: so, you know, as things would progress, I, I was like, well. God, I do like this woman, but I don't, you know, I, there's some things that I don't think I'm not sure that they would work because I'm not about that. And, I mean, and it's just simple. I said, I mean, Lord, I, she kind of likes the horror shows or I, I don't know. I'm You're like, always
1: telling it on me. <laughs>
0: uh, no, I'm leading into the other one. I said, okay, God, so, I mean, if you want to make a sign, if you want to show me I'm going in the right direction, little fleece like we talked about Wednesday, I mean, that's something that you could show me, you know, mm-hmm. and so we went on the greenway that night and went for a walk and a talk, and she said, you know, me and the, I was talking to the Lord, and I decided I really just need to, I need to stop watching scary movies, and they, those just don't, you know, those don't glorify the Lord, and I'm just gonna, you know, I just, I, you know, I'm just not watching those anymore, and I'm like, And I told her after the fact, you know, and he gave her a little sign.
1: Yes. You want me to lead it? You want me to tell the yeah, story? Tell the story. That story. Tell okay, that story. so, you know, as God was working on me at Hope House and renewing my mind and changing my perspective and helping me to see that maybe I'd made some mistakes, maybe I did have, you know, a drug problem, you know, although doctors had wrote my prescriptions and it was hard to convince me because I hadn't lived on the street, you know, I hadn't prostituted. I could tell you all the things I didn't do. But as I further got in recovery, I realized that didn't matter because I did a lot of things that I wish I hadn't still. And just because mine was a little bit cleaner, that just made it a little bit more hidden. You know, when your stuff isn't as obvious, it's easier to hide it from people and think no one knows. You know, like the drug addicts that go in, you know, Walmart and steal, you know, a TV under their arm. They think no one sees. We do the same thing with God. We think that God doesn't see our stuff. God doesn't see what we're doing, but I had said a little thing to a friend. I said, I wish I would just know if he was the one, because this is marriage number two had just ended. I had graduated Hope House, and I said, he could just bring me something that I would know it was from God. You know, he's never bought me flowers. He was a bodice man. You know, he sent me text messages and things, and I said, maybe a red rose. No, no, no. I love pink. He's my favorite. So, God, if he's from you, and you want me to pursue this relationship and see where it goes, I was very careful with my wording. I didn't want to overcommit myself. I said, then let him just bring me a pink rose. And I remember standing at the host stand saying, okay, God, that's been about two, three weeks ago. Now what? And I go to my car, and there's the pink rose. So the ladies at the Hope House presented this to us at our wedding to honor Because I love vintage, I love the tacky goat, and I love the pink roses. So this still hangs in our bedroom.
0: So, and again, we're not, we're hoping to paint a picture for you for your belief of your restoration of the things that are broken in your life.
1: That no matter how bad your junk is, no matter if you were on house arrest, no matter if you were throwing up outside of a vehicle, no no matter what your awfulest, most horrific stories are that you think cannot be forgiven, cannot be redeemed, they can.
0: So I proposed in front of the whole church, and then here's a picture of us on our wedding day. I look back. Now, how many of y'all have seen old pictures of you and you? I can't believe I used to do that. Now, I can't believe the chops I had. I'm like, what the heck, Elvis? Good gravy. Oh, my goodness. You know? And so we were married, and things... Oh, yeah, there's... A little visual on. A little visual aid here. She got to wear that that Sunday, you know, when I proposed.
1: Okay. Hold on, hold on. It goes like this? Yes, like this. There we go. All right. It's been a few years. And
0: we were happy, and the marriage was going great. But there were still plenty of broken places. You know, when you've went through... Something that just completely breaks your heart.
1: Like divorces, sorrow of kids, crying, Lord, I'm serving you. I'm doing right, so where are my kids now? Why can't I have them?
0: All those kind of things. There's still some restoration to do, you know. And the Lord can restore your joy. Amen. So, you know, we'd been married a while, and, and Misty saw something, and she was just all about a cruise. Well, I can't even swim ladies and gentlemen and you know and you know the funny thing you get on that boat and you get out there and they tell you how many feet deep the water is below you that's a mistake don't tell me it's 25,000 feet deep you know but we had a great time and it expanded our horizons and you and know, it was we got-
1: great because me you know thinking of myself in shackles and chains seeing myself in the jail uniform I thought they're never going to let me into the Bahamas you know, I'm thinking I'm going go to go through border security, and they're going to say um, something. We know you. We know what you did. You can go to the back. And I remember I was just sweating and so nervous, but somehow they let me in.
0: <laughs> so you know, we went to Nassau and got to see a dolphin, and yes, he got a little he fresh. And gave me a
1: kiss and a rock.
0: He's lucky I didn't make yeah. boots out of him. And then we went to Mexico <laughs> one time, and
1: yeah, got a little rock you know, for all the little kids.
0: He really can restore your joy. You don't. You maybe don't have to go to Mexico to do it. That may not be his example for you.
1: But if you dream it, and it's God's will, and you stick with him, and you continue to do kingdom work, he does care about the deepest desires of your heart. So. And it changed our perspective of the world. It changed mine. I it saw did. the world was a whole lot bigger than Olive Garden.
0: It d- exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: I went back to work, and I was like, I'm not so worried about how long these people have been on a wait. You know? It'll be okay.
0: <laughs> so the whole time... She had, um, even before we were officially dating, even and when we were dating, and when we were, you know, first married, babe, we need a dog. We need a dog. <laughs> no, I don't want a dog. Babe, we need a dog. I want a puppy. I want a puppy.
1: And Courtney was always bringing her little puppy to church, and Bell Bell was so cute.
0: And just to be real honest, my, you know, the Lord was still healing me because a lot of me said, "Gee, thanks." I can have a dog, but not my kids. Thanks, God. Appreciate you. You know, that was kind of where I was at on that. But you can never be too hurt for the Lord to touch you. And slowly but surely, he was working on me. And she kept asking. (laughs) So, next picture, please.
1: Isn't that cute? So, this I took of PT and Sophie. I had this thing about, you know, her wearing tutus.
0: She couldn't go out in public naked.
1: You know, Got to cover up here. So, and it was fun to dress her in the bows and tutus. I miss Megan being little and doing that. And it was just fun because why not? You know, and the little kids and the people when we'd walk, they'd love to talk to her and see her. But we would walk at Lee and we would pray for restoration for our kids. We would pray for our marriage. And I wanted my daughter Megan to come to Lee University so bad. So we would, this is a great picture of them looking into the future. You know, asking God, okay, what do you have for us?
0: And the funny thing about that was I was the no, and I probably needed the, the pet worse, mm-hmm. you know. So she had worked out. She got the dog from a Christian home because yes, they were Christians.
1: and we want a Christian dog.
0: And she was working.
1: <laughs> it's just a little joke, but it's, it's funny because I'm like, this is a good dog. So I'm <laughs> you expecting. Know, this person sings Christian songs. They do the right thing. This dog is going to be a good dog.
0: I'm thinking this big right
1: a little puppy puppy. I go to
0: pick it up and this thing is up to here
1: and probably 50 pounds at that point probably
0: 50 pounds and have you ever heard them say that the dog imprints on the first person they see did I mention I didn't want a dog (laughs) (laughs) and from there on I was the one that she always looked to
1: yes I love her and I smother her but that's her person
0: the Lord knows how to be sneaky and won't do what's best for us, even when we don't know what's best for us. And even when we tell him, no, 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 not going to do it, no. God's like, yeah, 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 it's okay, I got you under control. And, of course, we had a dog, and then we had to have a backyard for the dog.
1: Because we can't let Sophie stay in the townhouse all day, that's not fair. That's not
0: fair, so we had to get that's a house. Not fair to our dog. And, you know...
1: But did I mention I was an addict with no credit that never paid her bills? <laughs> so this is where the problem. And I remember I still have the text message. I remember standing on stage and saying, the guy said, no, we can't even approve you for 75000 Now, I don't know if you guys have been in the market at Cleveland or even looked on Realtor.com, but there's nothing for 75000 Like, I don't even know if you could get a piece of land for 75000 But it didn't matter because he couldn't even approve us for that.
0: Through that process... And taking care of our business and the Lord restoring different things and getting better habits. He increased it, was it $45,000 that we could work with? I mean, he...
1: He About he, 50, but...
0: Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. So the Lord was at work, but he also knew that I was a little bit leery. I was a little bit concerned. And again, I just share this so that maybe you can see it ain't all perfect sometimes when you think it is. I was like, it didn't go so well last time. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, well, you know, it's easy when you've been burned or you've went through a trauma to just stay in your nice little, I'm right here. Mm-hmm. You know, the townhouse is great. I don't even have to cut the grass. Yes, yes. our landlord
1: even did that. He was a great I can,
0: If I want to, I can clean this whole house in 45 minutes, and it's all good, and everything's peachy. But then we start looking at the houses and all this kind of stuff, and it was a process. We got denied. We got, "Oh well, I'm sorry, I didn't do that right, so no, we can't get that bid." Mm-hmm. And, and then and we, we had find two our or
1: three houses that fell through. And at this time, his old house, and he was still emotionally tied. This is where his wife and kids had lived, and we'd moved out of early in our marriage. Thank God, you know, I was ready for something, but the house burned. House burnt down. And I mean, tree. we didn't burn the house. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean I, went, I didn't mind at all we that had, it had burned had... down because I really didn't like that house or staying there. You know, it's like God. But, you know, Pastor Rhonda taught early on beauty for ashes. And this is what I kept telling him. I was like, the house burned. God's doing it. And he was just looking at me like.
0: And it was a nice little way for the Lord to say, yeah.
1: Yeah, go you can on. go. That past is gone. So then We're doing we, a new thing, and I love the new thing. So, so then, so then
0: was, we find our house, us, Mr. Austin. The next picture.
1: Yes, this is us.
0: When God does something, and
1: yes, and this is when we sign the papers. And up until we, the day we signed the papers, it was still an iffy thing. You know, student loans, so child support, move, past debt. But God did it. Look,
0: amen. we move in. We, Woo-hoo! we, we make it. Yeah, that's a, a praise
1: God moment. When an addict owns a house, that's that's amazing.
0: So we, we, get the, we win the bid and... Yes, because it was during
1: an estate sale with three other bidders and we didn't know what so they were we bidding. So we win the
0: bid and we're set to go sign papers and we find out their realtor has not done his due diligence mm-hmm. and there's four months for probate that we have to wait.
1: So we're like, is this a no
0: God? Sometimes it feels like then he's going to snatch victory out of your hands but sometimes you just got to give the Lord a little bit more time. hmm and keep
1: trusting him so that's
0: the day we actually were able to sign and
1: pastor Rhonda still had the party for us you know our housewarming party and we just kept believing it was going to happen we moved on in we painted the walls and we're like we're doing this because we were able to rent until it went through you know but you still have that fear like is god going to do it i remember moving in the furniture and like okay are we gonna have to pull the furniture back out you know uh we we gave up our place at the townhouse are we going to be in a hotel
0: Is this going to be a a smashing success or a crashing failure? You know, when you, when, I mean, anything big in life, you're like, you know, the normal anxieties and fears. How's this going to turn out? Mm -hmm. Stepping
1: out in faith is hard.
0: But before we heard the, the whole probate stuff and I was praying, the Lord told me it would be a house of restoration. Okay, God, and this stuff happened. So God had to show himself again, you know, say this is okay. So, you know, the Lord is building. And our final piece of the pie, if you will, is graduation. Yes. And, again, the Lord was rebuilding. You know, we got a house. The Lord can restore your home. He can restore your Your foundation, your sanctuary. You know, the place that you lay your head down at night. He can restore that. So then... I had a dream on the back burner that I never, never talked about. Not sure that I even shared with Pastor Hank or Pastor Rhonda. And Misty wants to go back and get her education. And at that time, the Lord reminded me. I was like, well, you know, a long time ago, God, you said something about me being a chaplain in the future. Is this what you're going to do? And so I pursued that and... Misty was pursuing two degrees. And little by little, the Lord was restoring my hope and future and mm-hmm. destiny. The whole while, He's restoring us. But realistically, when you come to Christ, He never stops restoring. Amen. He's constantly working on making Another you better hurt. than He found you, yes. whatever He has to do. So we got a picture of graduation.
1: So this is us last May in Lynchburg, Virginia, graduating from Liberty. Woohoo! Yay. I graduated with two bachelor degrees and my husband got his da, masters. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the little hat we have today We are Mr. and then for So this was our little thing. So we got to go to Lynchburg and see their beautiful campus.
0: And now I'm going back. She's gonna go back and she's gonna get her master's degree, so you know.
1: So if you can dream it. God can do it.
0: If it's God's will, it's God's will. How many times? Famous over Pastor
1: here? Hank saying. Yep.
0: But you know, and we've painted a great picture, I hope, to give God glory and not ours, because it was Him leading the whole step yes. of the way.
1: When you do it in your own, like I tried for so long, you just end up more broken, more lost, more deep into the pit that you don't even realize you're in. But it wasn't until that I gave God my all and was willing to submit to whatever he wanted to do that things began to blow my mind. I never thought I'd go to the Bahamas. I never thought I'd marry a pastor. Those words were spoken over me when I was young.
0: But I didn't think
1: it would happen and they were long forgotten. But you know, Megan's been restored. The kids are slowly being restored. We pray for our kids and love our kids. And I know several here have prodigals that are in their junk, in their addiction, you know, and it hurts. It's painful to watch. It's painful to watch a train wreck. But you keep believing that God can do it because I've seen him do it in my life. I've seen him do it in his life. I've seen countless addicts get it.
0: So here's where we're at today right now. We've tried to paint as, as good a picture as we can of God's faithfulness and ability to restore things. But maybe you have some areas that you would like prayer today. We're going to, Michael and Courtney are going to come help us, and we're going to go back down here. If you want us to pray with you and agree, Pastor Rhonda had given some instructions. If you want to bring something, we'll pray with you. But our hands aren't magic. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit that was here during praise and worship is still here, and he's here for your brokenness. If you want to just bring that to the altar and talk to him for a few minutes about it, great. We're good to pray with you. Either one. If we all, let's let's all stand. And we're gonna step down here. We're more than happy to pray with you. We understand how a lot of the stuff hurts. Josh, do you wanna go ahead and just sing a song? Just whatever you feel led.